Thanks for joining me here on the Bare Bones Yoga Podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher and educator, and my goal here is to provide you, the yoga teacher, with interesting, compelling content designed to pique your interest in teaching, help you grow as a teacher, and support you on your path to sharing this wonderful practice with your students. I've been teaching for over 14 years, and through my classes, workshops, online courses, books, and other content, I focus on the anatomy of yoga and how teachers can learn this complex subject and present it to their students in an understandable way, all designed to help them bring more impact to their teaching. Even though we're not in the same room, I want you to envision for each episode that we've sat down for tea in a cozy coffee shop. Some days we'll talk about technical teaching topics. Some days we might have a teacher friend join in on the conversation. And other days we'll face some of the personal challenges that can come up when we take on the journey of a yoga teacher, knowing that the more authentic we can be, the more we can impact others. For more information about my products and programs and to contact me at any time, please visit my website at barebonesyoga.com. Let's get into today's episode. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this. I mean, I think that it's just one of those things that if there are people out there that I have a lot of contact with, it's always really helpful for me to kind of hear more about their journey, um, especially folks like yourself who are getting started and especially in the Facebook group, all the questions you're having, it's just so cool to see how the wheels are turning and, you know, kind of just looking at things just really analytically as Mm -hmm. well as trying to kind of keep it light and, you know, not to put too much pressure on yourself. So I really appreciate your willingness to talk about things. I, I love being open and honest, and, and what I've come to realize is that I'm not so different from everybody else, so <laughs> it's like opening the conversation kind of lets other people say, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I love that group, because if you have a question and you write it, other people will see it, and it's helpful, I'm sure, for them to see it as well. I find that on the Facebook group, people are more willing to chat than on a regular Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like Facebook has kind of created this type of page where people do feel more comfortable, you know, writing things out and asking questions and that kind of thing. So for that, I'm grateful because sometimes you feel like you write things and they go out into the ether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is anybody out there? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm even a little hesitant to, to ask questions sometimes, even on the Facebook group, wondering, well, you always wonder, is this a stupid question? Yeah. But, yeah. You yeah. know, that's, that's what it's there for, I figure. So. Yeah, yeah. and I, I appreciate that because I think when you ask a question, it'll give other people support to do it as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we talked a little bit about just some general questions and this isn't really meant to go, you know, too, too deep. And this will be probably about 20 minutes or so really just an opportunity for us to touch base since we had those initial two calls when you had first started out with the course 
and just to kind of see, you know, kind of how things are going. And then for me to kind of use that as a check-in to see if there's other things that I could help with, which I think that'll just be kind of an ongoing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's I love the, the teachers that are using the courses is that it's not like it ends. It's kind of an ongoing relationship. So, mm-hmm. so just remind me the first question, um, that I have is just to remind me, you had talked a little bit about your interest in teaching and just remind me again, what generated your initial interest in going to teacher training? Uh, I think it's my, or I think it was just my desire to learn more. Mm -hmm. Um, I consider myself a, a student first sort of lifelong learner. So I just have this really deep desire to know myself more and there's not been any other practice like yoga that's enabled me to do that. So I decided to do my teacher training initially, not even to teach because, well, making a decision at that time just felt too overwhelming. Um, So I probably wouldn't have done it if I'd gone in thinking I'm going to teach. Right. So I just went into my training hoping to get more learning done. And along the way, I deepened my practice, deepened my learning. And it's from what you, what you learn and then put into your practice that you, you really think there's value in there. At least I did. And then that's where sort of the desire to teach sparks because you want to share it with other people. Right, right, right. And I think that, that's a common experience for people is that they don't always go into training knowing they want to be a teacher mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. It kind of sneaks up on you. I mean, was it the kind of thing where you got through your completed training or during the training? Did you, did you think this was something you wanted to do? It was um, sort of during near the end. Yeah. Um, not near the beginning. And then sort of, sort of three quarters of the way through. Yeah. And then it sort of got terrifying. It's like, you know, I'm actually going to have to stand up there and project my voice and say these things that sound so foreign to me. Yeah, yeah. Did you find that your experience as a student even before training and then being in training was very different from your experience practice teaching? Like when um, you started to get up there, my, my guess is as part of your teacher training, they had you do practice sessions those first couple sessions did you find that that transition from being on the mat to being standing up to be really different yes very very different and quite petrifying it's like you feel like you know so much in your head and then the translation just comes out so awkward yeah and it was very much my experience too I thought oh I could totally say it because I hear it in my head yeah But what's in your head and how it translates, completely different. So that takes time to sort of hear your own voice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the more I think about going back to that place, I kind of made a lot of assumptions about, oh, this will be easier than it actually was. And I mean, I think part of it is just the word choice. And also, did you find... I know for myself, there was just that feeling of everybody looking at me that felt really uncomfortable. Yeah, that that part's always awkward for me. Yeah. But mostly it was listening to the words. And I just, I felt like I was sounding like a yoga teacher, but not 
not feeling like one. They weren't my words. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting, yeah, that's interesting. It's funny too, because when I take class, my experience as a student isn't that I'm really looking at the teacher. Mm -hmm. When I teach class, I feel like everybody's looking at me. And so that kind of pushes my buttons a little bit. Do you have some, something similar? Beyond my teacher training, I haven't done uh, a class. So I've done private only. Oh, right, right, right. Privates, yep. Yeah. And, you know, as things progress with me, I now maybe see myself doing small groups, yeah. but I, I haven't transitioned into that yet. But even even on an individual basis, it yeah. was, it was, well, very different than a group class for sure, but still sort of um, feeling like, well, especially in an individual, someone is really looking at you. <laughs> right. Then there's not, yeah, like other people that they could be looking at. It's just the two of you. So I think in that scenario, it's even more potentially intense because there is just you and the person. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so just, um, just go back a little bit to when you were making your decision around how to find a teacher training, how did you make that choice on what you selected? Was it somebody you knew or a studio you were practicing at? Um, I, <laughs> I've never been much of a studio practicer. Yeah. I do a lot of practice on my own. Yeah. I have been to studios. And so when I decided to do my training, I knew I wanted to do something local. Yeah. Um, so I, I went and tried out a studio local to me and actually enjoyed it. It was a lovely studio, but my, my, my main concern was that it be local because yeah. it's such an investment, um, mm -hmm. not only financially, but like time-wise and emotionally, that if I could take the time and travel card off the table, I then wouldn't have an excuse to not finish it. Right. So that was really important to me. So I, I knew I could find something local to me. Um, at the time, I was living in Burlington, Ontario, which is not far from Hamilton. Um, and so I found a studio after attending it for a trial month period, like the teachers uh, thought it would be just fine. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's important that you knew what your like most important factor was and to have it be close was the biggest one that was going to support you completing it. So um, now once you were done with your training, what was that transition like for you when you started teaching some people individually? I know we talked before you had a couple of sessions where you worked with a family member. Mm -hmm. you know, even, even though that's someone obviously that you know well and knows you well, that still is a situation where some of the initial feelings can come up and just some of the, whatever it is, just that transition to teaching and, and some of the topics that came to mind, what kinds of things came to mind for you? Yeah. So when I finished my teacher training, I had a really wonderful opportunity provided to me by my physiotherapist who offered me to work with some of her clients on an individual basis. So I was able to transition in, into that sort of scenario. And <laughs> it was definitely a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yep. Um, 
And you were doing that at her location? At her location and privately. So one-on-one -on -one with people. But working in a clinical PT setting with that type of person alone is challenging because they're not necessarily into yoga. Right. They're more into just cure me of an acute injury so I can get back out to life. And so, um, you know, the first couple of people that I saw and I wish I could go back to them and apologize, but they were sort of like guinea pigs. They did not get the best of me at all because I was, I, I think I was trying to format it like a class. Yeah. And that doesn't work when you're working one-on-one -on -one with people at all. So I, like I really had to um, sort of dig deep and, and figure out how it is I was going to approach these people one-on-one. -on -one. And I, I kind of had to assess each one on an individual basis when I was seeing them because some people would be fine with yoga. Other people had never even meditated or done stretching before. So I don't want to sit someone down and do a five-minute centering meditation when they've never done anything like that before. So there were lots of things like that that I sort of had to consider each time I saw somebody new. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, because this is the first opportunity that I've had, I have nothing to compare it to. So I was really, really hard on myself thinking, this isn't working and I'm doing such a horrible job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what, you're, what, you, what you did initially is you really kind of took on a, a big piece of teaching which is getting into teaching one-on-one -on -one right out of the gate with people who are having some kind of functional impairment whether it's temporary or permanent or you know it's it's unknown at that point so yeah I mean I think it probably was easy to be hard on yourself but yet you were taking on this highly specialized way to offer yoga and I'll bet for a lot of teachers they go into general classes first before they start to take on private. So you've had a little bit of a unique path, you know, when you first, you know, started out. So, so in, in those sessions, did you end up coming up with different sequences for people depending on what they could do? I did a lot of yin yoga okay. with people specifically. And that was sort of the direction my PT wanted things to go in. So um, based on, and I'd done courses in yin yoga, it wasn't foreign to me, and I'd done a lot of practicing in it, but um, in terms of sequencing yin yoga, I did. Each time I saw a client, I had to, you know, review their record and go back to my own notes and books on yin yoga and try and come up with right. some type of scenario that would benefit what was ailing them in some way. And right. yeah, it felt very unnatural for me to do that and very very beyond my capability actually right right yeah i mean the more i think about it and the more we talk about it this is definitely something that usually comes somewhere down the line so i think give yourself a lot of credit for taking this on right out of the gate the timing may be not ideal in retrospect but you've already kind of handled that so now you've got that under your belt for going forward definitely um, there was something else I was going to say. Well, I'll, I'll think about it. So one of the things that we talked about um, is this idea of, and you mentioned it earlier, kind of having those doubts about, am I really qualified to do this? And just the scope of the teaching industry 
there's so many teachers out there. And so talk a little bit about that, because I feel like that is, I just had a similar conversation with another teacher yesterday, and then as well with a student who was interested in going into teacher training. And she said, but I'm so concerned because it seems like there are so many teachers out there. What would I possibly have to you know, give that someone hasn't already cornered the market on. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So have you experienced that kind of thing? Absolutely. Uh, really a lot of self-doubt when I started and yeah. even even still, and I think it's very natural to sort of have that self-doubt, even, even continuously, it kind of keeps you on the ball to, to yeah. not get lazy, right? Or um, try and help you look at things in a different way. But yeah, questions like, am I truly qualified? Should I really be teaching? Yeah, a million other yoga teachers out there with so much more knowledge than me. Who am I to teach yoga? Those kinds of questions. And I mean, you go on this internal knowing to some degree that your experiences and like, there's, there's something I have here. I just I need to wade through and so it's going to be a process, but I think being aware of the self-doubt and being willing to look at it very objectively rather than just saying, no, I can't do it, is sort of the first step in dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. And it is, I mean, I think sometimes people don't really think about the courageous aspect of showing yourself but that is such a central theme of yoga practice even if you are teaching I mean I teach from an anatomical standpoint but I always try to push myself in every class in a couple of moments to to go past the mechanical into the spiritual or personal development side just looking for ways to share something that's themed a little differently Mm -hmm. From your, you know, kind of just as you look at your own path as a teacher and as a person, do you find that there are some themes that you find in your own life that might be applicable to bring into class or when you're working, even when you're working with someone one-on-one, although I think these kinds of things probably are more applied to like a group class scenario. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things in terms of me learning anatomy it's um i feel like the more i learn that way because i'm such a visual person when i get these visual understandings of my own body then it's like yeah okay there's an experience that i can share because i think a lot of people don't have necessarily an awareness of muscles and bones in their own body so when you can kind of be that you know sharer of information and say hey did you know um so that's an experience that i can i can share i don't do a lot of anatomy directed teaching at this point i still feel like i'm really learning anatomy so um and i also use like i i like the mind aspect of of yoga and in my own personal life, I do a lot of thought records and challenging thoughts, which is a CBT technique, but um, in a nutshell, it's about really being aware of your emotions and the thoughts behind it. And so that's kind of the stuff that I really like to bring into, into a practice because I find the mind and the thoughts we have can really challenge us and sometimes limit us where you know, if we can look at it a different way, they can actually 
propel us forward into trying new things and, and being really courageous. Mm -hmm. And there are so many situations in just an hour long class that could push somebody's buttons that are tied to those kinds of things you're talking about. So, you know, if you kind of use that in your own personal development, I'll bet there's plenty of things where, you know, you're holding people in a pose and you can kind of see that maybe it's starting to kind of, you know, push their buttons a little bit, like, well, what's that theme? You know, can you stay with that? Can you stay with your feelings? Can you notice your feel, you know, whatever it is, it mm -hmm. sounds kind of related to some of the techniques you're using off the mat in your own personal development. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I always like when you can make those shifts from something that's a theme in your life to sharing it with class. Although I think those are the kinds of things where in the moment, I know I have that voice in my head that says, oh, do I really want to go here? It's sometimes so much easier to just stay with the physical stuff, you know, because that's not controversial or no one's going to judge that or no one's going to, I don't have to worry about it falling flat or whatever, you know, but I feel like that's what makes teachers um, different is mm -hmm. what you were saying before, even though there's all these teachers, how can we like show our true nature and it's through those kinds of things, right? Yeah, and I figure there's, there's more students than teachers. So yeah. there's going to be so many, yeah. so many different teachers with so many things to offer, so. Yeah, yeah. very true, very true. Um, so talk a little bit about the resources now that you're done with training. I mean, I think one of the challenges for teachers is <clears throat> they take the 200 hour training and then they're kind of out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they happen to live somewhere where they're going back to the studio, they did the training in, maybe that's an ongoing support, but even there, I mean, the studios go through an additional training with a new group of people. There may or may not be a path for those graduates to continue to stay in contact. So how are you kind of continuing your education? Uh, I sort of gear my education towards what's going to help me live better. <laughs> so um, like the anatomy helps me live better and practice better. And so I can share that. Um, the CBT techniques I've learned through um, therapies that I've been in um, are all sorts of um, things that I continue to use and learn from. Yeah, so I share those. Stands CBT, what is that? Cognitive behavioral oh, therapy. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, I do stay, I do continue a practice at the studio where I did my training because I think. Um, you know, practicing under other teachers is still beneficial because you learn so much from people who have such varied ways of teaching. Yep. And I'm doing a restorative teacher training next weekend, actually, because that's an area that sort of calls to me in terms of going easy on a body that's very tired and a mind that's very tired. So, um, and I'm also doing a, I found this place in Minnesota, it's called Mind Body Solutions. It's a non-charitable organization, but they teach adaptive yoga for people with disabilities, really adapting poses and teaching the experience of the pose rather than the physical pose for people right. in wheelchairs or who have 
mobility restrictions. And I find that fascinating. So I've been doing some studying with them and I just find that even through what I've learned through them, I've increased the, my own experiences, my internal awareness, yeah. if you will, through, through things like that. So things that just really pique my interest are how I'm staying involved. And that's, I mean, I figure why would I get involved in something that's not really piquing my interest? Um, and that, that's what I can authentically share with people. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, what you're describing gives people a sense of there are so many different directions you can take this in that's different from teaching group classes in a studio to a mixture of ages and experience levels. I mean, you know, you're kind of pulling on some specialty areas where you might want to, you know, go into for, from a job perspective, you know, from a teaching career perspective. So, so this is a nice transition actually for, you know, if you kind of look ahead over the next year or so, what do you kind of, what do you see yourself doing with your teaching? Where do you kind of ideally want it to go? I still want to work one-on-one -on -one with people in a private setting. I'm just, I love the conversation and the dialogue that you get to have in that individual setting. Whereas in a group class, I can't say, what are you feeling? And you know, let's talk about it. Exactly. Uh, I really, I really get a get something out of that. Yep. Um, but I'm also really interested in working with people with mental illness. Hmm. And that's based on my own personal experiences with mental illness and a slow, like a really slow mindful yoga practice has been so significant to the improvement of my own personal overall health. But if I were looking like dream big, huge vision, I'd love to take a really slow mindful practice into a clinical setting and see it sort of be included as part of a treatment program yeah i i could i could see that you know especially now with so much emphasis on treatment for mental illness um i had a student after class the other day during class she was looking around a lot and it was very very obvious there was something going on and i you know didn't know exactly and after she had been to my class a couple times I didn't notice it as much the first two times, but definitely this time. And she came to me after class and said she was so sorry that she kept looking around, but she had debilitating anxiety and it was really, really bad that day. And she was just having such a hard time focusing, but she really enjoyed coming to my classes. She liked the anatomical cues because something about them, they were so concrete, they kept her out of that cycle of thinking. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm just really sorry today. I'm just having a really tough time of it. But she was then telling me she was going away the following week, this week, to a five-day retreat at a place around here in Massachusetts. And she wanted to know if I knew about the place, blah, blah, blah. But she was really pushing herself to kind of use yoga and to get out of her day-to-day -to, -day to try to get some of these techniques under her belt to manage mm -hmm. her anxiety. And she, she felt in her head that yoga was a big part of it, mm -hmm. but she felt like she needed something more than just urban based classes to kind mm -hmm. of, so do you, is that the kind of thing that you see as part of what you're describing yoga for people that have different kinds of mental illnesses? Yeah. Mental illness. I think of like anything from depression to anxiety disorders, yeah. addictive yeah. behaviors, those types of things where, 
you know, they're really challenging to manage on your own, but I think not for everybody, but there's a lot of a disconnection between mind and body. And so the physical practice of yoga, I think helps generate a connection there that then brings in this sense of grounding and belonging that is often lost in, in illnesses like those. Yeah. The interesting thing too, for me, especially these days, is that that conversation with her reminded me that even when we're not in a clinical setting, there can be so many people in our group classes that Definitely. are in outpatient treatment, that are on various medications. You know, you just don't know. And it, and it just, again, just brings up as a teacher how, I don't want to say at a disadvantage we are, but how little we do know about what our students are going through. And, mm -hmm. um, and yet, we all believe in the practice as being such a powerful tool for all these kinds of things. Yeah. And I think in that moment, I was just so grateful that she was there mm -hmm. you know, um, versus home with her thoughts. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So there is, um, I think that specialness that you feel like so grateful that you have a role to help people in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. It's lovely. So, and I think too, what you're talking about is, is a, a really nice way for other teachers to hear someone taking a, not a completely unique path, but kind of creating your own path for teaching. Did you know that you wanted to do that from the beginning when you started teaching or did you initially think you would kind of teach group classes and then wait for something to inspire you? Uh, I may have kind of been mixed on a whole bunch of things, but the more it's progressed, it's like trying to fit myself into a studio class or something something like that it just hasn't felt yeah exciting okay. for me and when I talk about this this stuff about working with mental illness and and those kinds of practices that's what excites me and drives me and so I just can't ignore that that's great yeah I think that's so key and I think that so many teachers do kind of get caught up in that path of doing what everybody else is doing. So I really give you credit for, for kind of listening to that inner teacher voice saying to you, this is really what I'm interested in. This is mm -hmm. really the way I want to share this. And um, just like with your friend who had the physical therapy location, I'll bet you're going to, you know, find the right place or person or contact mm -hmm. that's going to generate that opportunity for you. And you'll just keep following your heart. Yeah. Create that. yeah. And that, that's been one of the most key things throughout this sort of, I guess I'm over a, well, no, I'm not over here. Just these, I finished my training in April or May of this year. So it hasn't even all been, been that long. But um, in these last several months, it's like, I've really learned that I need to, to follow those things that make me feel good and believe it or not the opportunities seem to present themselves um yeah. when i'm open to them and when i'm following what what is really what it is i'm really meant to do yeah yeah that is kind of that manifestation angle of things that mm -hmm. if people are open to acknowledging that that exists that yeah. you know when i am and when i hear you talking that's what it sounds like to me is that mm -hmm. you're kind of connecting to your right Kind of purpose yeah is the first step and then things will start to you know yeah start to come forward so in wrapping up here what 
what do you think right now is like your biggest question about your teaching? Like, do you feel like there's one thing that's a big question for you that you're trying to kind of solve or address? Well, I guess it's funny because ongoing, I think I don't know enough yet, so I need to keep learning. And yeah, there's lots of things I can keep learning. And the anatomy is the big one because that's not even a language I was all that used to speaking before my teacher training. So it's one I'm going to have to keep forging and, and driving that path. So I'm going to be doing the anatomy blueprint course over and over for, for quite a bit just to keep treading that path. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I think, okay, I might think I need to do more training, but now I just need to sit back and just kind of let it. Yeah. Um, so it's not so much a question. It's more like, I need to remember to be patient at times and, and, you know, follow that instinct that I have. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, and I think in the applying what you know, even when you're newer, mm -hmm. that's a learning too. You know, Absolutely. It's like, oh, I tried it this way. That wasn't so great. Or I tried it this way and that was great. So that's a, you know, a learning that only happens from doing, you know, we can kind of be in training forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep thinking I need more knowledge before I'm ready and then, yeah. then you go out there and do it. So, yeah. um, but you're not there. I mean, you took on those private clients right out of the gate. So I feel like <laughs> you kind of well, already over that hurdle when a lot of teachers take a couple of years in group classes before they do that. Well, it was a hurdle, but there will be many more, but everyone yeah. is a learning, a learning opportunity. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of our, little chit chat. And again, I'm going to, even though this is visual, I'm going to put it on the podcast. So we have the audio as well. Mm -hmm. And just to remind people, do you have a website or any way that people can contact you if they live near you or? I have a Facebook page, oh, good. What's um, that? which is facebook.com, whatever that slash is, backslash or forward slash. And it's my piece of yoga, and it's piece as in P-I-E-C-E. -E. Perfect. Okay, and I'm going to link that in the Facebook, in the uh, podcast posting on my website. Sure, and if you'd like to include my email address, you're more than welcome to, too. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it, and I know this is just going to be an interesting and helpful, you know, conversation for teachers to hear. Like we said in the beginning, it's always good to hear from other teachers mm -hmm. and to know that you're not alone in, in these experiences and these feelings, so I really appreciate your honesty and your time. I appreciate the conversation. Thank you very All right. much. All right. Have a great afternoon. Namaste. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.